This is the Confident Collective Podcast with your hosts, Christina Zias and Rayanne Langis, two plus-size models and body activists here to get real and candid about living your most confident life. Get ready for powerful conversations that will leave you laughing, motivated, and inspired. I could barely reach the record button. Oh, because my knees are a little achy today from my running. Man, this running is taking up a lot of time. If y'all don't know, I'm training for a half marathon and it's just time consuming. I know, but I'm so proud of you. I can't believe like it's already February and you have to run like nine miles right now. This weekend, I'm supposed to run 9.2 miles. That's so crazy. That just seems aggressive. Yeah. But you know what? I was thinking about it when we were training with Nike. We got up to 10 miles and it was like at the very end of February. Like the last week in February, because then like the world shut down like two weeks later. I know. So, so it does make sense like time-wise. Does it? Because yeah. when were we supposed to run our race? In the beginning of April. Yeah, that doesn't make sense because I'm running mine at March 27th. So I'm way ahead of the schedule we were on before. Mm-mm. What? Anyways. Anyway, we I'm, digress. Anyway, I believe that this Nike training program, everyone's like, what training plan are you, what training plan are you using? Number one, please refer to my running highlight. I have saved all the resources there for you on my Instagram, but I am using the Nike Run Club app because I do love the guided runs and um, they just help me like stay focused rather than just going out and running. But they're just getting very aggressive with this mileage. You got anyway, this girl. You got this anyway, girl. Anyway, Christina, how are you doing? I know you're a little bit sleepy today. Guys, I am struggling. Something that you don't realize when you have a baby is that the second you got your shit figured out and things are good, they're like, psych, bitch, and everything changes. <laughs> Nicholas is going through this like annoying sleep regression. And if you don't know what a sleep regression is, it's pretty much when like your baby's going through like major milestones, like their brain, like they're growing physically and mentally and like their bodies like can't handle those changes. So they have like these sleep regressions. So right now, Nicholas is going through a major growth spurt and it's affecting his sleep. So I would say for the past three days, we maybe had like four hours of sleep max each night, no. but mm-hmm. it's not even like four hours of consistent sleep. Cause like you're, it's just a disaster. So anyways, I'm a little bit of a zombie, so bear with me, but something else I want to say with that is on a brighter note, Ray and I went to go see a live podcast or a live like podcast show yes. last night, the Giggly Squad. Which I had never listened to their podcast. And I didn't know who they were until we got there. <laughs> but you guys know, like I'm obsessed with Summer House. So I was like, yes. Ray. And also I'm like really big on manifesting. And I just believe there's like so much more for the Confident Collective and this podcast. And Ray and I have been talking about wanting to do live shows for so long. So I was like, we got to go see them live. Let's go start seeing shows live. So we went and it was like so much fun. Mm-hmm. And the entire drive home, we were just talking about like when we have a live show one day and all these things that we we're going to do for it. And I'm so freaking pumped just thinking about it. I know it's exciting. It's going to be so, so good. And so, so fun. I was like, where are we all going to get drinks after? No, I literally just <laughs> yes. thinking like, we're going to black out with everyone. I'm like, It'll where be are we going to party with everyone after? <laughs> oh my gosh. You'll have to Uber to the event. Okay. Yeah, Let's just say when that. When we have a live show, you better Uber. Okay. Because we're not going home afterwards. Hells what the heck? no. Um, but anyways, I'm just really excited about that. So I'm exhausted, but excited. How are you doing, Ray? I'm good. I um, was laughing because I, last week in last week's episode, I was like, you know, I just need to like kind of be cautious of what I'm saying about my dating life because I want to be respectful of this guy that honestly, four dates is the most dates I've been on with one person, really. And we were we basically had dates five and six planned. And now I haven't heard from him. So... If anyone was getting excited for me, don't. Because it's Aww. not happening. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's annoying. But honestly, not meant to be. Not meant. But still super annoying. Not meant to be. It's annoying. But this kind of leads into like what I've been obsessing over with this this week. Mm-hmm. And this is what I've been obsessing over when it comes to dating. And everyone has a different piece of advice. No matter who you talk to, everyone's going to give you different advice. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. This guy came on pretty like strongly. Like I was very impressed with his communication. He like let me know how he was feeling. Like very, I, 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 I liked his communication. He texted me basically every single day from our first date. 
but we also had been texting and like talking since mid-December because we matched and then I had COVID and then I was traveling for like New Year's for New Year's. Um, and so we just were like, he'd followed me on Instagram, blah, blah, blah. Then we finally went out and had been on like consecutive like dates. And then I was again, went to Palm Springs and had to work stuff and I was just busy and didn't see, couldn't hang out with him for like a week. And then that's when the, the, the communication just started to, to fizzle. And now I just like, haven't heard from him and I'm like, okay, well that's done. But this is what I'm assessing over. I feel like he should send me a text and be like, Hey Ray, like it's been great getting to know you. Um, I just want to let you know that I'm not really like feeling it anymore. Or maybe I'm seeing someone else and want to see where that goes. Like whatever, just say that. Like, I don't understand why now it's just like this, it's like this slow fizzle. And then I'm like, should I send him a text and be like, Hey dude, I have noticed that your communication has really shifted. Your energy has shifted. Like if you're no longer interested in pursuing this, I completely understand would just like for you to be upfront and transparent. But oh my, I asked the guys at the gym. I was like, should I send this text? They're like, no, Mm -mm. no, no, no. So I'm just like been obsessing over. Why did they say no? Like, did they give you a reason? Cause like, I don't think you should send it, but I have my own reasons. And I wonder if they're the same. They were just like, fuck that guy. Don't send it. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel. Like, why do you owe that guy anything? Like if anything, he owes you something more, but like, yeah. But then again, I guess I'm not really, I guess I'm, I, I feel like, am I participating in the ghosting? No, no, you're not because I've seen your text messages and he's ghosting you. You're not participating in the ghosting. Even though he was the last one to text me, but I think, but he didn't ask me anything. No. He hasn't asked me out. I think ghosting is when they, and this is me just talking through it. I think ghosting is when they, someone texts you and you just don't respond and they text you again and you don't respond or they ask you out. You don't respond. It's not like, this is just, this was just a fizzle. A fizzle for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I've been obsessing over this week. I'm not going to text him. I think that... It's it's over and done with. I I almost went on five dates, which honestly, you know, now I've got a new challenge. Starting back from square one. Gotta fire up the old bumble. <laughs> Get it going. Well, I do think that overall the situation is annoying. You don't feel like he love bombed you though. I don't think he love bombed me, but he was very like persistent. Or he was just like, I'd love to see you again. Made a plan. But see, I don't think it was too much. Like he wasn't love bombing me. He wasn't saying like crazy things. He just was very good at taking an initiative and planning dates. The one thing that he said he, that was kind of, he would be like, Oh, I just don't usually do this stuff. Like I don't usually say this stuff. And I'm like, looking back now, I'm like, okay, bro. Mm -hmm. But I don't think he love bombed. No. Okay. Well, I think the situation's annoying, but silver lining, four dates, baby. Four dates. Four dates, baby. And I definitely don't think you owe him anything. No. 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 All right. What are you obsessing over, Christina? Okay. Well, to stick to the theme of relationships, guys, and the whole Giggly Squad thing and Summer House, I'm obsessed with Paige DeSorbo and Craig Conover. They're a couple. They're reality TV gold. And I just think that, first of all, Paige, I'm obsessed with her. I think she's so cool, so funny, so gorgeous, has the best fashion sense. Yeah. I'm just like annoyed that she's so petite because I just want to wear everything that she has. And she definitely like, she's so good about sharing and linking things, but like she obviously has no consideration for anything that's size inclusive. Right. Which I'm like, that's so fucking annoying because I'd buy everything Ugh. that you would share. She looked amazing. But at she the looks show. amazing. I just love her and I love Craig. And I think that he is, he is that's a different standard for guys. Like he's definitely a different sort of mold. Like he was talking about in the show yesterday about how he like loves to get groomed. Like he gets his nails done, he goes waxing, like he gets his haircut. He the goes time. waxing. Oh, he gets <laughs> waxed, he gets his nails done. He, no, someone Paige was like, or someone asked Hannah, was like, Do you get your eyebrows waxed? He was like, Of course I get my eyebrows waxed. Yeah. So I just love that. I love that he sews and started like this em- pillow empire. And I just love a power couple. And I feel like they are a power couple. And I feel like they are going to be like 
reality TV goals. Like I feel like they have a very, very long future ahead of them and I'm excited about it. I love like being excited for other couples. Yeah. I will say, um, I will say I had no idea who he was, but the audience freaked out when he came out and automatically I really did like him. Like he was funny and I think he added a really good dynamic uh, at the live show. And yeah, I just need to find a, I want to find a lawyer who makes pillows, has a pillow empire on the side. And is on uh, reality TV. So you could be their girlfriend too. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Where do I sign? Where do I have <laughs> No, but they were very, they were very so cute. cute. They were very cute. Um, couple goals for sure. Definitely. Um, okay. Products we are obsessing over this week. It is Black History Month. So obviously we shouldn't be celebrating black joy and shopping from black owned brands just this month, but we should be doing it all the time. Um, but I wanted to highlight a brand that I discovered. When did I discover them? I don't even know sometime last year. And I have like had saved a couple things I wanted to order from them. It's called Hanifa H A N I F A. Um, they're a women's clothing brand, a black female owned company, and they go from size zero to 20 and they have the coolest stuff. They play around a lot with color. They have this like bright pink set. I just ordered these jeans. They're like ultra high rise, dark, dark denim, which off topic, I think is going to be really big. It's like super dark, dark denim and like mm. matching sets. And they have the coolest like thick cuff bottom. Oh, I want to see that. They're going to look sick with like heels on a night out. I wanted the halter top that they had it styled with on the website, but it was sold out. Aww. But they just have... Really, really cool stuff and unique, fun, beautiful pieces. So I wanted to plug them. Check it out. Okay. I'm really excited because I love, like, I've never heard of this brand before. I've never heard of them. Hanifa? Yeah. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, Did you just look them up? Um, Yes. I'm like, want to stock everything. It's like H-E-N-I-F-A. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hanifa. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, they got some good stuff, very cool stuff. You once you you've seen it on Instagram. Girls wearing it on Instagram. Oh my gosh! Yes, 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 yes. Oh my gosh! I need that halter, the silver one. That's no, one this orange one. Oh, yep, the orange one's really cute. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh! Okay, well, I have um a brand that I've been obsessed with too. It's Rellery. If you follow me on Instagram stories, you have probably seen these checkered rings that I literally wear every single day. Um, I love them. I think they're so cool. And I just like I checkered patterns are obviously been super, super in for like a while now. And they go up to, I just want to make sure I get the sizing right. But I believe they go up to a size nine. What size are you? Mm, like a 10. You need to try this on right now. I don't know. I size I was, nine is not seem very big for rings. It's not. But my, wait, why are you putting on your middle finger? Because I already have rings that go on that finger because I, all, all the ring brands go up to size eight and nines, which fit this finger. Yeah. So I already have rings for that finger. I want rings for these fingers. Oh, okay. But it does kind of fit. But it fits. It fits bigger because for me, yeah. I feel like I have a size 10 ring. And I okay. feel like it's hard for me to find rings. Oh, it's cute. It's so cute. And that fits you on your middle finger, which yeah. is like bigger and not used to wearing rings. Yes. Okay. So the so, size nine fits my middle finger, yeah. which usually doesn't fit. Yes. So they run a little bigger. So they maybe. run bigger. Which, yeah. I mean, it's not super inclusive, but at least they run a little bit bigger. And they're really freaking cute. They're so cute. Christina, like, stacks the green and black one together. Yeah. We'll link everything. But um, I just love them. And they also have just really, really beautiful, like, pearl jewelry, too. Like, Ooh. they have the cutest, like, shell and pearl earrings. Just check out the website. You guys are going to like them. Okay. I'm going to, I maybe need to order that little checkered ring. Yeah, it's fun. Checkered ring, baby. They have a whole checkered collection. Done. Um, but should we get into today's episode, really? I know. Today's episode, Christina is taking the lead on today's episode. I'm so excited. I'm so excited, too. So I'm also, like, a little nervous. Um, I don't know why, but I guess because we will be talking all about my relationship. Yes. Um, the so spotlight is on you, the baby. The spotlight is on me. So as you guys know, this is February. We are doing a whole month of love. So in today's episode, I'm going to take the lead, and I'm going to talk about the 11 lessons I've learned in my 11-year relationship. 
Wow. Which I'm quite aware makes me sound old as fuck. <laughs> no, I don't think so. You don't think so? 11 years, 11 and a half. Honestly, it'll be 12 in June. That is a long time with a person. Yeah, that's a long time. So we've been, we started dating in 2010. Yeah, 2010. Yeah, so I was like, it's 2022. Yeah, 2010. We dated for six years, moved across the country together, created a whole new lives for ourselves. Like really, like separate from everyone that we knew. When we moved out here, we knew no one. We had mm-hmm. no one but each other, which honestly is like really fun and special. Um, and now we've been married for just over four years. We obviously have a baby. So well, you know what's crazy? What? I feel like you've been married for so much longer than that. No, I like mean, I feel like I've been married to Steve, honestly, since like I met him. That's yeah. what I think. Like, I'm like, I've in my mind, I'm like, it's like 11 years of marriage. Yeah. Because you really have. Yeah. Four and a half, almost five years of marriage. Almost five I, years. I personally feel like that as well, too, which is like, I don't mean to digress, but I don't think that having like a marriage certificate means like anything more to a relationship, honestly. Like for me, I am just as committed to Steve now married after four and a half years as I was to him in the very beginning. Right. Um. So with that said, I am no relationship expert. My relationship is not perfect by any means, but I do have 11 and a half years of you have, experience. You have 11 and a half years under your belt. Yeah. Give yourself some credit. So that, that is something to be proud about. Yes. yes, that is something to be very proud about. You should be very proud. Thank That's you. a long Thank time. You. And you. yes. So we're going to go through some lessons that I've learned um, from the beginning stages of dating to where I am today with the baby. So let's get into it, baby. Okay. All my single people, we got to really soak this up, soak this up as we're trying to find our partner. Okay. So the first one, and Steve really, really taught me this and he's really emphasized it over and over. And you've listened to him say it here on the podcast as well. But if a guy likes you, you will know. That is a huge lesson. I feel so passionately about this. When I was dating, I was like always trying to figure out if guys liked me. Always. Like it was like a guessing game. I'd be like, oh, he didn't text me back. It's probably because he's like so in love with me. He's just like trying to play cool. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. He's trying to wait 24 hours. He's not trying to seem super, super interested. But no, I truly believe in my heart of hearts. Like if a guy likes you, he will let you know. Like a guy who cares about you is not trying to put you through the ringer. He's not trying to like play these games. He is going to make the effort. He's going to text you and thank you for having a good night out. He's going to like text you in the morning. And maybe like, it's not every single day, you know what I mean? And maybe not in the beginning, but he's not going to make you question things. The guy truly, truly cares about you. Um, He's going to make plans. He's going to make dates. And you shouldn't have to like figure out or guess if someone is interested in with you. Because if you're questioning it, if you're really questioning it, honestly, most likely they're not. And that might be fucked up and like, you might not want to hear <laughs> that. But in my opinion, that's the, sh- that's the truth. Okay. And I get this, like whenever I do Q and A's on Instagram, people are like, should I text a guy back after a date? And I always say no. And a lot of times I'll get messages from people being like, no, that's like so old school. Like why? Blah, blah, blah. And like, honestly, it's your life. Do whatever the hell you want. Okay. Mm-hmm. You don't have to take my advice. And if you don't agree with it, that's okay too. But for me, what I wanted in my relationship was someone who would put the effort in, yeah. someone who like showed me that they cared. And I just think that like, if a guy cares enough, he's going to do that, that you don't need to. You want someone who's going to continuously put that effort in. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so I think that is like a main, main thing. Like if a guy likes you, you will know. Ooh, I can't wait to one day experience that. As you, <laughs> okay, since you're dating right now, like, how do you feel like that? Do you agree or like, No. No, I do agree. I do. I think I, I, I don't think I've experienced that for a long, I don't think I've experienced that. I thought I was experiencing it with that guy. This, the one I was kind of dating cause he mm-hmm. was like that, but then it fizzled off. So now I'm confused. Right. So obviously he doesn't really like me oh. and that's true. I really don't, I really believe that. Mm-hmm. I think that men just kind of the way we're wired a little bit, like genetically, is that the right word? Mm-hmm. Um, I sound stupid, but I do think that they're programmed to pursue in a certain way when we're talking about straight hetero, um, relationships. Absolutely. Like I will say like when Steve, like when we first started dating, like all my experience with guys before, like there was like a couple guys who I like took, like I was dating. Right. I just never cared about them that seriously, but they definitely courted me and made effort. 
Yeah. But with, but then there was guys who literally didn't give a fuck about me. And I was like obsessed with, and I was trying to make excuses for them and like putting oh, yeah. in extra mileage and like, that's totally normal. But with Steve, it wasn't like just about texting and like following up. It was like asking about family, like being more vulnerable. Um, he would like send me like playlists, like of his favorite songs, like super oh. cute stuff like that. He would like literally go so far out of his way to like drive 45 minutes to come pick me up, to drive an hour and a half in the opposite direction to go out in the city. Like if you know logistics of New Jersey, Staten Island, New York, he made the effort. Yeah. And I just think that everyone deserves someone who will make the effort for them. And I think it's important to know it's not that you weren't making the effort too. I just think as I was a hundred percent making the effort. Yeah. Yes. I was a hundred percent making the effort too. When Steve approached me like at the bar when we met and we were talking, like he's the one who asked me out. He like pursued me, but I also had my number available for him. And like I made it known that I was interested too. Mm -hmm. And I was definitely making the effort too. Like he wasn't it wasn't a one way street. You have to reciprocate. Yeah. Um, but you just never want it to be a one-way street in the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. Which I found myself on that road a few too many times. Girl, me too. <laughs> Don't worry. You're not alone. <sighs> okay. Another one. This is like kind of embarrassing for me to admit. What? But do not try and make your boyfriend jealous. Dude, I did this a lot in the beginning of my relationship. You did? I did. And honestly, I think I was just 22 and immature. Okay. And I think that I, I think that part of me felt like, I don't want to like, I knew that I was like, God, it's weird because we talk about this all the time. Like, I think everyone should be obsessed with me, but also like, <laughs> I almost like don't believe it at the same time. Do you know oh, what yeah. I mean? So I, and I did just graduate from college. So like when I was in college, I had such a huge group of guy friends amazing guy friends that we would just get fucking high with and party with. And like, right. I was like, wow, I guess like my guy friends were kind of my party friends. Like I wasn't sharing my deepest thoughts and darkest secrets with them. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I was testing Steve in a way to see how much he actually cared and how interested he was. And he would call me out on it and I'd be like, oh my God, you're <laughs> so crazy. I can't date like a jealous person, but like I was the one who was doing this. Because you were seeking his, I was, you were basically, he was like giving me the attention, but I was almost like I was testing him. Like, I was like, is this real? Maybe it was some of your younger insecurities. It was on 1000% younger insecurities for sure. And I think I also like wanted like the drama of this guy being so obsessed with me when in like reality, like you don't want a jealous partner. You don't want to do that. And you don't want to create any like mistrust in a relationship, especially if it's like, for no reason. Like this was just things I was manufacturing. There was no reason for Steve to like actually be jealous or question my intentions at all because my intentions were always to be like a hundred percent faithful with him. Mm -hmm. But I definitely was being a little shady bitch sometimes in the way I was handling things. And yeah, I learned because we used to get in fights about it and he would call me out. And it wasn't until I think like my mom or someone, like one time we got into a big fight, it was like six months into our relationship and my mom like mediated it. And Wait, what were you doing? I think I was like trying to hang out with guy friends and not inviting him and like being weird about it. Like, okay. And I do think you can maintain your independence. You could, I don't think like that's a weird thing to do, but the way I was handling it okay. was in a way where it was to make him je jealous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, so don't do that. I'm glad he stuck around. <laughs> he definitely stuck around, but that just like causes like trust in your relationship and trust is like a foundation in a relationship and you don't want cracks in that. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Which gets me into my third point. Trust is everything. And I feel like we all know this, right? Like I'm not fucking reinventing the wheel here. Everyone knows you have to like trust your partner, but so often I hear women say, and I know I've definitely said this before too, I trust my partner so much, like they would never cheat on me. But trust is so much more than your partner being faithful, which obviously they need to be like, yes, I trust that Steve, yes, I trust that Steve would like never disrespect me like that. But trust is being able to be so incredibly vulnerable with your partner and knowing they will be there for you. Like early on in a few dates into our relationship, Steve shared something with me about his life that like very, very few people know about. And honestly, like shocked me and had me in tears and I didn't know how to react. And like, I'll never forget it because we were driving to the city. We were like driving in the Holland Tunnel, holding hands. And he, I asked him a question and he, he told me the answer and I was not the answer I was expecting. 
And he was like, wow, I've like never told anyone that before. I just want you to know. And it was such a vulnerable moment. And I think those vulnerable moments are like what trust is really about. Yes, you don't want your partner to cheat on you, but you want to be able to tell your partner anything and know that they will truly be there for you and support you. Like you want to know that you can trust your partner to take care of you in so many different ways. I think trust is like really synonymous with respect. And I think that so often when we're in a relationship, we think about it and it's like such a surface level. Like my boyfriend's not going to go out and like hook up with a random girl at a bar. But like, can you tell your boyfriend anything? Like, can you be like your worst version around them and trust that they'll still be there for you? Mm. Yeah, it's all about being vulnerable, mm-hmm. which, you know, Brene Brown talks about. It's like that vulnerability aspect is huge and huge. it's scary. So scary. But like once you like I remember when I was in my long term relationship opening up about something that I was super, super ashamed about, mm-hmm. which was the debt I had at the time. Mm-hmm. I was I never told anyone I was so terrified. And when they still choose to like stick with you, like mm-hmm. through that, that is how you build trust is those situations time over time after time. And, and it's like st- building on that, building on that. So yeah. I think that's so important. 1000%. Um, yeah, there's like certain things that like. Has there ever been times where you feel like, and I don't know how open you want to be like, where you felt like you had to build trust back up or like you had times where your trust, one of you guys broke trust and had to like rebuild that? Because sometimes I think if you lose trust, sometimes you have to decide, can you rebuild it or is it gone? And I think if it's gone, you can't continue with the relationship. I a hundred percent agree. Um, and I know like a lot of my friends have had situations like that. To be honest with you, I have not, like, I feel like our trust has never been broken. I think our trust has like changed over the years. Um, as we've like built a family, like the trust has gotten deeper. Um, and that connection has gotten deeper, but we have never felt like a broken connection there. Mm. So, wow. Yeah. I hope to have that one day. You will. Um, another thing, relationships should be fun. Like duh, fucking duh, duh. Christina. But like, no, not, uh, no, this, I want to hear what you have to say because this is, and then I'll add my piece about you and okay. at the end. I, I don't think like enough people have fun in their relationships. And I'm not saying like, you have to like, go to fucking Aspen and like do an opera ski weekend or like feel like you have to jet set or go to concerts. It's Even like, though you want to do that. I mean, duh, I want to do that, but I don't think that's what <laughs> yeah. fun has to be. And I also don't think that like, you have to be like, oh my gosh, Trader Joe's like, this was the best day ever. Like, I'm so happy we went food shopping together. That was so fun. Like, that's not realistic either, but like, can you laugh together? Like, can you be silly together? Can you like cook in your apartment? Can you like go to the in and out drive through and like have fun together? Like, can you make Netflix and chill fun? Even if like you're arguing over what to watch for like the first half hour and then fall asleep like three minutes once you press play. Like being in a monogamous, like committed long-term relationship is a lot of work. And you're thinking like, we've been together for almost 12 years. Like, I plan to be with Steve for the rest of like my life. And like, that is a long fucking time. That is a long long time. time. And I don't think every day has to be fun. Like, I don't think every adventure has to be fun, but I think you need to be able to look at your relationship and say, can I have fun with this person? Um, And I think it, I think a lot, a lot of people have a lot less fun than you think. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that I really do admire about you and Steve is obviously, I know your relationship wasn't perfect, but you guys make each other laugh. You guys have fun. Like when you went to the Picasso thing and then that we're at that restaurant and you were dying laughing, the Van Gogh museum. And then you were, Steve was too big to fit in the booth and you guys were just laughing. And I think that I really admire that because I've never had that in a relationship. And with your last, with your ex, did you not have fun? I would say we had fun. Like four times a year mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> where we really laughed mm-hmm. and really had a good time. And that is something that I really, as I'm searching for mm-hmm. a partner is very high on my list of, 
having someone who will be silly, goofy. Cause I think, I don't know. It was weird in ours. Like I would be in that way. And then he would be like, serious. we were never like on the same page. Yeah. And I just really admire how you and Steve really do have a good time. And, and honestly, just like, I think neither of you like take life too seriously. Yeah. And like, I think one time I went over there and you were trying to be mad at Steve for something and you said something and then he both just looked at each other and laughed because he knew you were being ridiculous. You knew you were being ridiculous. I don't mm. even know what you were trying to say. And it was just like lighthearted and, yeah. and, and fun. Yeah. I mean, and like, like I said, like our relationship is not perfect, but I do think we have like one of my favorite things is like when I make a joke and Steve will repeat it for the rest of the day. I'm like, oh, I'm the <laughs> fucking funny one in this relationship. Don't you forget it. Like, I just, we do have a good time together. Like, not 100% of the time, but like, we do have fun. And I do think that's very, very important. Um, okay, another one. Relationships are all about balance and compromise. And the truth is, Steve and I are very, very different. Yeah, we like to have fun and laugh. But like, we are so different on so many levels. And Steve's mom always used to say this and it kind of like annoyed the shit out of me, but I think she might be right a little bit. <laughs> she always used to say, I think you guys are such a great pair because Christina, you push Steve out of his comfort zone and Steve grounds you. And I was like, I don't want to be grounded. <laughs> I want I, someone to like fly away with me into the wind, like into the wind. <laughs> Hopefully the wind carries us to Paris. Hopefully to Paris. Hopefully to Paris. <laughs> um, and then Mykonos um, and beyond, you know, but. I agree. But I do think that we balance each other out very well. And with that, we have to compromise a lot. And it could be like as silly as like what we're cooking for dinner, what we're watching, or it can be like about bigger things, like where are we going to live? And we're still trying to figure that out. But I do think having that balance and being open to compromising is so incredibly important. You, if you think about it, like you're going to change so much throughout the length of your relationship and your partner is going to change and you have to be willing to like adjust to those changes and adjust and compromise like throughout the years. So I think that's just like a huge overarching thing, like no matter what. Which it sounds easy. It's not. It's really not. No. Like, like even because I feel like in relationships, like even deciding on where you want to go to dinner. Mm -hmm. When I was in a long term relationship, I would genuinely get pissed off when we couldn't decide. Mm -hmm. And it was, I think maybe because I was in an unhealthy relationship, but like, it's not, it's not always easy. Like, actually it's never, I don't think it's ever easy, but I, how do you, how do you, how do you do it? Okay. Well, it's hard. I'm not, I'm actually going through something right now, which I'll share with you guys, but like, we're trying to plan a trip to Florida and um, this trip like has like, the purpose of this trip has changed a bunch and like the timeline and everything like that. But the truth is that I want to go to Florida and I want to stay at a very nice place, but I also don't want to spend a ton of money. And, and it's weird because we're going through this compromise where like Steve doesn't really care about where, where we stay. Like he doesn't need a five-star resort. And we're trying to like compromise right now. And we're trying to figure out this trip and it's been really, really, really difficult. And finally, I was kind of like, you know what? You know what I like. You know what I want. These are the things that are important to me. You plan this trip. I'm going to be okay with what we do. And the next trip I'm going to plan and it's going to be my way. And I just think that like you have to be able to like let go sometimes. Yeah. At some point in our relationship, I've become a little bit of a control freak. Um, mm. And I think that just happens like maybe as you get older and like, you know, a little bit more of what you want. Um, but I'm trying, I'm trying to release some of that. Okay. So, I mean, and I think that like in the situation with the restaurants, I think it could be the same sort of thing. You know what? You want to go to, to like get sushi tonight? Let's do it. But like next time I'm choosing the restaurant. Right. And I think it needs to be like that. Or like with TV or movies, like Steve and I, like he always fucking wants to watch Terminator, like something <laughs> annoying like that or a movie. And I'm like, can we start a series? So like the last time we watched a movie and now we're, we just started Yosemite. Wait, Yellowstone. <laughs> yes. So, you know, I just like, like simple things like that. Okay. No, does that makes sense. Yes, it yeah. does. And I think a lot of it goes into like, the healthy habits you have outside of those situations mm -hmm. make that a little bit easier to compromise. For sure. Um, but 
Yeah, that's that's what being in a relationship is. But a compromise like has to go both ways because if you're constantly the one compromising, you're going to become super resentful. Mm-hmm. So I think that's like the thing that we can't forget. It's like I you can't compromise 100% of the time and your partner none, you know? Yes. Um, okay. This other one, number six, is a pretty big one in my opinion. But be careful who you talk about your relationship with. Let's yeah. be honest, like no one holds a grudge better than moms, right? Like family in general. <laughs> if you ever express any concern in your relationship or talk about something that your partner does that bothers you, your family will never forget it. Now that doesn't mean like you shouldn't share how you feel, but be careful to not make such a big deal over something that you're going to get over in five minutes mm-hmm. because they will remember that. Also, not everyone is looking out for your best interests. So when I used to work at Norsham like eight years ago, forever ago, after we moved to LA, like if I was annoyed with like, you know how you like talk about things, you complain to your friends about things in your relationship that are bothering you. Yeah. For me, like things that always bothered me were like dishes not being done. Like, like I said, like little things like that. I'm a very acts of service type of person. Mm-hmm. So little things like that make a big deal to me. And there was a group of girlfriends that we had there, like Susie, Deanna, Lauren, you've met them all. Uh, I'm still super close to these people. They're like some of my best friends in LA. And then there was always this other girl who I wasn't that good of friends with, but was friends with the other ones. I was always involved in conversations. Anyways, whenever I would complain about certain things that would bother me, my friends like Susie, Deanna, and Lauren would always be like, would talk to me about it, try and reason, like play devil's advocate, be like, oh, like, is it that really that big of a deal or whatever? But this other girl that I wasn't that good of friends with, she would always be like, you need to leave him. And she was like so confident and so obnoxious, but she would talk down my relationship so much that it would start to get into my head. I was like, wait, is this a really big deal? Mm. And I remember one of my coworkers, a guy actually, at one time he like pulled me aside. He like, he would listen to our conversations and be like, do not trust that girl. She's not looking out for your best interests. She just wants a single party friend. Like, has she ever met your boyfriend? Has she been to your house? She like knows nothing about your relationship and she doesn't care about you. Yeah. And that conversation always sat with me because I think that like, we just talk about things so openly. And I think that's really important, but you have to be careful sometimes on like who's on the receiving end and whose advice you're actually listening to. And I know people are like, oh, don't ever take advice from someone you wouldn't want to switch places with. And like, sometimes I think that saying is like a little fucked up to be honest with you. Like, but I do think you have to take that with a grain of salt. And I think that it actually makes sense. Um, yeah, you have to be careful who you're confiding in. Yeah, and also whose advice you're listening to. Mm-hmm. People do not always have your best interest. And sometimes people are too invested. Yeah, and it's like, especially with the family thing you said at the beginning, mm-hmm. that is so huge, huge because you might forgive your partner, but let me tell you. Your family will not. Your family. Yeah. And it's like, obviously you don't want to hide big, if big things are going on, like you don't want to hide that from your family, but it's, yeah, it, that, that is a tough one. And also, if you think about it, like how often do we talk about things that bother us versus like the amazing things our partners do? Exactly. Like there are certain things that Steve bothers me, like how he leaves his like socks around. <laughs> that annoys the crap out of me. And like, I'll joke around and say stuff like that, but I don't talk enough about how amazing of a dad he is and how much of a equal partner he is with my child, which is freaking huge. You know what I mean? So like, maybe I'll complain to my mom. I came home and like the house was a mess, but I didn't say Steve was taking care of Nicholas from more from like 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. Like that's a huge bit of information you're leaving out. Do you know what I mean? So I think that like when you are sharing information, keep that in mind as well. We're always quicker to say the negative and share 100%. the negative because we're frustrated. We're tired. We're like, oh my God, we want to rant about it. But we don't exactly. We're not like, guess what this nice thing he did. Exactly. Yeah. Um, which leads me into another point. Your immediate family union unit, you, your partner, if you have kids, is different than your larger family unit. And you need to learn how to prioritize. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm still trying to figure out this balance. Okay. <laughs> But I know that a balance needs to be achieved there. And if, especially if you grew up in like a tight-knit family, especially if you have ethnic parents, you know, you like, you know what guilt feels like. And it could be so hard to like split your attention, split your priorities and figure out what you want 
versus what your family wants. Because a lot of times you take your family's opinions, your family's values, your family's wants and needs, and you adopt them as your own when you're not necessarily, when they might not be. Like a, like a little example for that will be like, my family always thought like I needed a stable nine to five job. I needed a nine to five job. My, I quit Nordstrom to pursue blogging. My mom's like, you should go into pharmaceutical sales. <laughs> you're, you're great at sales. You'll make a lot of money. I'm like, mom, I don't take Tylenol. Like, I don't <laughs> like taking medicine. Like I'm not doing that. But it was like the safer route, which is fine. Like, that's great. Um, but that is not what I wanted. And it's easy for like, one of the things I loved about Steve is he's always like really, really supported me to like have my own career and be an entrepreneur. And that like, you don't, like the normal nine to five way doesn't necessarily need to be the right way for you, but it's easy to like adopt those values and place them on your partner. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think too, it's like, I think what you're saying is that when you're choosing your partner and you're starting a family of your own, like that family unit is who you're choosing. And I think a lot of issues arise when there's issues with like the parents-in-law and things Mm -hmm. like that, because essentially, I don't know, I guess it's like, yeah, when you have like, let's say your husband, you want one thing, but his mom has a different opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's it? That's a tough situation for him to be in, but like you've chosen this family unit. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, like I would expect my husband to have my back. Right. And vice versa. And vice versa. You would have his back. Yes. Right. Like, Absolutely. Like if my parents are saying something like I need to be able to defend my husband and like have his back and like see his point of view over it. And sometimes that's easier said than done. Oh yeah. And most of the time it's just because like you want to just like appease everyone and you figure like it's easier to appease your parents or like your in-laws or whatever. And like your partner will understand like, no, like Mm -hmm. it should be reversed. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, I think that's learning. And like, obviously like I'm going through it right now with like trying to figure out like where to raise my son, like my son and like where to live. And like, anyways, my parents, obviously one of the main reasons we'd be moving back to New Jersey is for my family. And my parents say over and over again, do not move back here for us. This needs to be something, a you and Steve decision. So anyways, that's something to think about. Um, okay. This next one. I, so, I feel so passionately about this and I talk about it all the time, but Comparison is the thief of joy. Mm-hmm. Comparison is the thief of joy, period. And friendships and careers and daily life. Sometimes I'm like, her ice cream looks better than my ice cream. Why <laughs> did I make the wrong decision? But especially in relationships, like you cannot compare your relationships to your friends, to your parents, or to strangers on the internet. You literally have no idea what is going on behind the scenes and to judge and compare your relationship to someone else's that you don't know anything about really is going to make you jealous and resentful. Mm -hmm. I think it's way easier said than done. I have to check myself all the time. It's hard. I have to check myself all the time to stop. And also I have to check myself like to compare pairing like single friends and like versus married friends, like completely different lives. You know what I mean? Mm. Do you feel like when it comes to like couples, because I think sometimes when you're in a relationship, you're like, well, this couple does this. Is it more like you compare on social media couples or couples in real life or 1000% social media, social media? Yeah. Yeah. 1000% social media for sure. Yeah. You compare. I mean, I find myself like often comparing to couples that are like just like jet setting all over the world together. Mm. Cause I want that. Or I mean, actually, I don't know. I don't necessarily, I think that's like the main thing I compare to is like wanting that or like, like general lifestyle choices. I don't necessarily like compare myself to like a couple that's like kissing in a video. I'm like, Oh my gosh, look how in love they look. That doesn't like bother me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, I think it's really hard to like, to not compare. Oh my God. It's so hard. I mean, even like, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I think it's impossible not to, but I feel like you can't, you just can't let yourself go into that spiral. Absolutely. Because like you said, this couple could be posting a photo of them kissing on the beach and you think, oh, my boyfriend doesn't want to ever do this. Oh, my boyfriend doesn't show me affection in that way. We never get to travel, but it's like, they could be on that beach and snap that photo and 
all day before they're for fucking fighting. Mm-hmm. They could be in debt going on that trip. 100%. They could be, you yes. literally do not know. And so you, ha- you have to like, just not let yourself get into that spiral of like, what's behind that video or that picture. Totally. Do you find as like someone who's single, do you find yourself like comparing yourself more to other single friends or to like people, like friends that are in relationships or just of like people on social media in general? Mm-hmm. I think I, I mean, I definitely like love seeing like videos of happy couples, mm-hmm. but it's not, all, it's not really a comparison thing. Mm-hmm. I do kind of, Hmm. That's interesting. I guess it is. I mean, it's not really a comparison thing. Like I'm happy for them, yeah. but again, I'm idealizing this relationship. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I almost use that as like, I love seeing like couples who are especially curvy women in happy relationships to show myself that that is possible. Mm-hmm. I think more in my mindset, I get more compared with like comparing with work stuff because that's yeah. kind of where my brain is. But I do get, I also get, I also compare like off of social media. I think where I struggle with I'm with right now is again, when I feel like, my single friends are just liked more by men or have more dates or have more matches. That's yeah. what my biggest thing. Yeah. That's but, super real. And like, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But again, you have no idea who like they're matching with, who they're swiping exactly. on. You know what I mean? Like maybe they're swiping on every single person they see. And like, of course their matches are going to be higher. I don't know. We can go on and on. We could go this, on and on. Yeah. But I truly believe comparison is the thief of joy and do everything you can to stop doing that. Um, all right. Another one. Number nine is patience is so incredibly important. This is something I actually re- like, obviously we, we know that, but I learned it so much more from our podcast on human design because everyone is built differently and you can't expect someone to operate and function at the same speed as you. And I do expect that. <laughs> Like, you cannot do this, yet I do it. And I'm trying to become a more patient person, but I'm a fucking Aries and we're crazy and impatient. But honestly, like, that's something that, like, Steve and I used to get in a lot of fights about is that, like, I want, like, something done, like, the way I want it done and when I want it done. And I think a lot of women feel like that. Like, yes. there's, like, all those memes going out, like, hey, um, when you get a minute, can you take out the trash? Sure. No, like the minute is right fucking now. Yeah, they're like, no, I'll do it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That it is, is so it, common. So common. And I think too, which is hard because your partner, you're the closest, per- they are the closest person to you that it's easy for you to let your frustration out with them and be impatient with them. 100%. But it's so unfair. It's so unfair. And I am trying to become like chiller. Like I said, I also ask Steve (laughs) to like chill out with certain things too. But like you have to be patient and you also have to take a look in the mirror. Sometimes you have to take a look in the mirror. When Steve asks me to do something, (laughs) I'm like, yeah, I'll do it later. Or I like, I'll be like, yeah, give me five minutes. And I don't expect him to have the same urgency as I do. Right. Like if Steve was like, Hey, Christina, can you do this? You're like, yeah, I'll get to it. But if you were like, Hey Steve, can you do this? And he didn't do it right away. You'd be like, what the I'd fuck? be pissed. Yeah. That's hard. Cause I was the same way. Yeah. I was the same way. And I think most people are, I think most people are. Um, and like I said, like, again, you really have to take a look in the mirror because a lot of times when you're upset about something with your partner, you're likely doing the exact same thing that you're annoyed about. Hmm. Damn, girl. Damn. Um, as I'm reading this list, I'm like, damn, I have more actually. Um, okay, another thing is, and I've talked a lot about this, but I think it's really important, but kids will change your relationship. Spoke about this, um, but before having Nicholas, like, or having after having Nicholas, like our relationship definitely changed. And it's not like that it made it better or worse. It just made it more work. It made it more work in the sense that like, we just have to put more effort into each other, into our marriage, into our relationship. And I also know from my experience with talking with friends and even talking to Dr. Viviana, that this is incredibly common. I know from my relationship personally, it's mostly that we are so beyond freaking exhausted. (laughs) 
we are so tired. Like having a kid is the absolute best thing in the world, but it's also like the most selfless thing that you can do. And it is a daily sacrifice. And I promise you, if you're like, do I want to have kids? It's a hundred percent worth it. Like nothing makes me happier and more fulfilled than being a mom and having my baby. But we're freaking tired. We're right. so, so tired. And there's also like so many factors that like go into having a kid and like things that you never even thought about that you would have to make decisions about, like things like screen time. Like that's something that Steve and I argue about. Like I don't want any screen time for Nicholas. And Steve thinks that like a little screen time, like with an educational show is okay to put on in the background. Mm -hmm. And like, so like little things like that or like medicines, like, or food, like Steve's like, I don't, like, I don't really think we need to give Nicholas Tylenol. And I'm like, you know, like that, I mean, I guess we're kind of on the same page with that, but like all these like factors, you know, playtime, like overall safety. Like right. I, we're both like pretty chill, but Steve is definitely like more of like a hover. Right. Where I'm like, Nicholas is fine. Right. I'm obviously still there watching him, but I'm like, I don't necessarily feel like I have to be breathing on top of him every second. Like I like to give him a little bit of independence as well. So anyways, all these different things like add up to make things just like more difficult. Do you feel like it changed in the way that like you have to like, you have to prioritize basically like maybe you have to be like, okay, this day we're going on a date to like make time for yourself. Whereas before it was just you guys. It was probably yes. like, oh, let's go do this. Yes. I think it's, I think we definitely have to prioritize ourselves first, which is like why we do do date nights, why we have taken vacations by ourselves. Um, so I think it's that. I also think it's like having like an understanding of like that your partner is tired and going through things too. And I can't speak for everyone's relationship, but in my relationship, we are both equal parents. Steve is like a very hands-on parent and partner. And sometimes he'll say to me, like, if he's been with Nicholas all day, I'll be like, I'm exhausted. And the truth is, is like being exhausted from working all day is, you cannot compare it to being exhausted from being with a child all day. You just can't. So I think like being able to like understand what your partner is going through as well. Yeah. So... Dude, after we went to the park with Nicholas, I had to come home and take a nap. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> I was tired. Wait, shut up from the park? Really? <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway. Dude, you don't even know. It's I like, know. A, yeah. No, I don't fucking know. I don't fucking know. And I literally can't imagine. Yeah. So, but like at the same time, like being able to enjoy your child together and experience all these things is so incredible and so amazing and like so fun and so fulfilling. And like Steve and I, like at the end of the day, we'll like sit on the couch and like show videos that we took of like Nicholas, like of the oh. day and talk about things. So like, it's so fun. Like being a parent and having a kid could also make your relationship better in so many ways. But having that like understanding that patience, that communication is so imperative. Do you feel closer to Steve post baby or definitely? You, yes. Yes. Okay, that's a great answer. I definitely feel closer to Steve post baby. And also like, we'll talk a, lot, a little bit about this in our episode in a couple weeks, but like our intimacy has gotten a lot better too. And I feel like we have just made more time for each other. Mm. And I think that because we had to set like date nights and like make time, like I, I think we're, we, for a while we were just so exhausted but I think that like when you start making that effort, like it, it just can get so much better and more fulfilling. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I really want to kill him. Well, obviously. Obviously. He but, wouldn't be your husband if, it, if that wasn't the case. Exactly. Sometimes I really want to kill him. Um, what do they say? Your partner should be the most annoying person you've ever met. Wait, is that what they say? Someone said, if your partner is the most annoying person you've ever met, they, they're not your partner. That's hilarious. I think that's true. I, gotta think that's I think true that's true. Well. Yeah. Um, and then another one is relationships ebb and flow. I think this is super important. No relationship is perfect. And sometimes seasons of sadness or anger can feel so much longer than seasons of happiness and excitement. It feels so much longer. And it's so important when you're looking at your relationship to reflect on it as a whole. And Obviously you're taking it day by day, but like you have to look at it over like months, over years of everything that you've gone through and not let those moments of anger 
or frustration be bigger than they are. And don't let them overshadow all the beautiful moments you have together as well. I like saw this quote and I'll link the article, but it says like relationships ebb and flow like the waves of the sea and they swell with intimacy, passion, and energy. And then they naturally wane through periodic episodes of separateness, quietness, and space and attachment connection followed by detachment and disconnection, the up and down, back and forth, give and take, push and pull is like such a rhythm of life. And it's so necessary to process your relationship and like the evolution of it as like that rhythm and flow of life. Mm. So I just think that's really, really important. Yeah, that is important because you're not going to be able to be like, not everything's going to be happy, perfect all the time. No. It's not life in any situation or outside of relationships or whatever. Exactly. And you even think about like friendships. You can have like a best friend, but there's like times where you aren't as close. Yeah. That doesn't mean like you don't care about them as much or like that they don't like mean everything to you. That doesn't lessen your relationship with that friend. Mm-hmm. Maybe just like not your high time right now. Yeah. And we all go through seasons and like your partner may be going through something, then you might be going through something. You know, it's just like you said, there's different seasons of life brings out different things in relationships. Yeah. And you can't expect it to be constant. No. Because you're always changing. Every variable that could possibly be happening is happening. Everything good in life takes work, takes energy, takes time. You think about like people who've built careers, they spent so much time focusing, harnessing, like working yeah. on their careers. And that's, uh, relationships require just as much work. Yeah. And I think when you look at them like that and are willing to put that work in, like they could be so fulfilling and so important and incredible that you just have to realize it's going to be some work and that's okay. Mm. So yeah. Dang. Those are my 11 lessons I've learned in my 11 year relationship. I do have another one, but I guess I'll save it for another day. Do you want to do a bonus one? I'll do a bonus one. Do a bonus. Okay. I talk about this a lot though, but I just think that one of the most important things in a relationship is support. And that is something that makes me feel so fulfilled is how supportive my partner is. Yeah. When we had our Confident Collective launch party a couple of years ago, we went out for drinks afterwards because it was a success. And Steve literally was like, Next year, it's going to be like Coachella. And he literally envisioned, like was so proud of us and so excited for us that like he thought like the 70 person or 75 person party could literally be hundreds of thousands of people. Like he just saw the vision. He saw the support. And I feel like I wouldn't be where I am today without him, his constant like encouragement. Like even today, I like shared on stories like, I like always like spill stuff on my sweatshirts. He's like, you got to have a hot mess express sweatshirt line. And it's not like him trying to like make me do things. It's him just like. He's genuinely excited. He's genuinely excited and always trying to like build me up. Yes. And I, and I think I was always a confident person, but I don't think I am. I would be as confident as I am if I didn't have a partner who made me feel like I could do anything or be anyone. Oh my God, I'm getting emotional because I think as an outsider of your relationship and I have shared this anecdote before, but when we were in New York, you had, you were in this taxi and I look over and you're on your phone and there's this long ass message from Steve. And I'm like, Oh my God, what is Steve saying? And you're like, Oh, he's saying all sending me ideas of things we should be videos we should make or content ideas for while we're here. And Christina, as someone who's never had someone who's excited about my job or what I do, that honestly was mind blowing to me. Yeah. And it is so incredible. And like you said, so important to have that support go two ways in a relationship and like to have your partner be excited and like genuinely want you to be successful and care about what you do. Because I don't, I don't think it's as common as we think. Yeah. And I will say, thank you for sharing that with me because I remember when you were like, Oh my gosh, that's so nice. That's so amazing. Sometimes I take it for granted and sometimes I overlook it. Mm. And I do think that while I do think I'm a very supportive partner as well, I think that I think in general, I can just be a little bit more of a selfish person than Steve is. It's just my human design, baby. I mean, Can't hold you're it. talking to a Leo over yeah, here. Exactly. So. Just who I am. <laughs> um, but it's something that I think about daily, like how lucky I am to have a supportive partner. And also like, how can I be more supportive? Because like the only way for your relationship to get better 
is to put that effort in and that work in. And I know like that's somewhere like Steve has like built me up so much. I'm like, how can I do this for him too? So I think that like when you're thinking about your relationship, like, yes, I think we want so much from our partners, but we also have to be able to give it back. A hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, that's so, I loved all those lessons that you shared. And I think you have so much wisdom after 11 years with someone. That's a long fucking time. A long time, long time. And again, like, don't compare your relationship to my relationship. My relationship is not perfect by any means. We for sure have our problems. We for sure have our fights. Like, but I just, so you know that. Yes. I do think though, as someone who, if you're single or whatever, if you're trying to work on your marriage or your relationship, I do think it's very important to find, and this goes back to what I've talked about before, to be magnetic is that is a podcast, another podcast about manifestation is finding expanders and basically like mm-hmm. surrounding yourself, whether it's on social media or in real life with, with people that, and it's not a comparison thing. It's like, for me, seeing that text from Steve or seeing how he supports you, made me like change the wiring in my brain or start to, to make me realize like that's real Mm -hmm. and you can have that. And that is possible. So I do think it's okay to admire, not compare and, and see that you do deserve certain, if if you really want a partner who's fucking excited about your career and hypes you up and that is possible, if that is a value to you Mm -hmm. and seeing that played out, whether it's in your real life or, or in movies or, or on social media, like that does have, make you believe that that is possible for you is what I'm trying to say. Thank you. I think so So, too. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. (gasps) Wow. I hope you guys like that. I loved it. I loved hearing your wisdom, Christina. Thank you. Um, Should we get into an Ask Away with Ray and Kay? Yes. To end off this episode, it is time for our Ask Away with Ray and Kay segment. And today's question, I feel like people around our age, this is happening a lot. Mm -hmm. My friend asked me to be in her wedding, but I'm not asking her to be in mine. What do I do? Okay, this... Is so I could understand how this is so stressful and this is your wedding and this is not something that should be stressing you out. But I get it. I get it because I feel like we there there's so many like other factors that go into planning a wedding, like your bridesmaids and like the people that are there to support you. Like they should be there to build you up and not have to worry about that. But I will say one thing. One of my very good friends, she was getting married and she called me. And she said, I just wanted to let you know, like, I chose my bridesmaids. Like, these are my bridesmaids. Uh, you're not, I'm not having you as one of them because of, like, logistics. Like, I was, like, in California or whatever would have made it more difficult. But whatever it was, like, and I was like, that's okay. Like, once this person called me and told me that, I was like, wait a minute. Why are you worrying about that? Mm. Why are you worrying about that? Like, just so you know, like, this is your wedding. I want you to do what's like best for you. And I want you to like be happy and not worry about that. Like, no, I'm here for you. And I can't wait to celebrate everything. So I think that like, if you just have an honest conversation with your friend, be like, listen, like, I love you so much. I'm so excited for your wedding. I'm going to be the best bridesmaid ever. I just want to let you know, like, these are my bridesmaids. I'm so sorry. Like, I don't have you as one of them. It's just like a numbers thing, like with friends and family. But I want you to know, like, I hope you're there for every single part of it. Like bachelorette party, like make sure to like make your friend feel included in other ways. Yeah. But know that like, you can't lose sleep over it. You know, like your friends should be able to understand. And if they don't, well, then that says more about them than you. And here's my hot take. Yeah. I don't think anyone really wants to be a bridesmaid anyway. I don't. I didn't either. And I didn't have any bridesmaids. See, I'm not doing bridesmaids. Yeah. When I get married, I'm not doing bridesmaids. No. But, but no, people get offended. Like I do get it. Get I get offended. it. So I think, yeah, I think what you said is, I think you should just tell her, be open and honest about it. And then hope to God that she is a mature, good friend and will elicit an appropriate response and just say, Hey, look, these are the bridesmaids I picked and why I'm really sorry. Like, I'm not able to have you. I would still love to be a bridesmaid for you and support you. Because honestly, I think being a bridesmaid for someone is a very selfless thing. 100%. You were spending a ton of money, a ton of time. And I think that it's, it's honestly a very selfless thing to do. So I stand by that. Being a bridesmaid is more, being a bridesmaid is more work than being asked to be a bride. 
wait, what am I trying to say? Do you know what I'm saying? Yes, I know what you're saying. You know what I'm saying. I don't think it makes sense, like, but I know what like you're saying. She is getting, I'm sorry, she is getting the better deal yes, out yes, of yes, this. Yes. She's getting like off the hook. She's I'm not getting having to off, some, yeah, she's getting yes. off the hook of not having to be your red. That sounds horrible. I'm being sounding, but I know what you're saying. This is what I'm saying. Yes. It takes a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of energy. Yeah. And you're doing that for her, which is incredible. And I think she'll be, I I think she will be fine. Definitely. But the only thing is like, you have to be the first person to tell her. Yes. And you can't let her find out she's not a bridesmaid from like other people Agreed. or like from seeing people be like, I'm so happy to be like your bride, like bridesmaid. You know, like people share stuff on Facebook, social media, whatever. Mm-hmm. You just got to have an honest, open conversation. And if you want to make sure to include her in like the bridal shower and the bachelorette party. Exactly. And then y'all, y'all be good girl. And congratulations done case closed where's our invitation where's our invitation (laughs) oh my yeah okay story for another day okay all right bye guys love you bye thank you so much for tuning in today for more information on this episode check out the show notes on our website theconfidentcollective.com and find us on instagram at confident collective and if you really loved what you heard screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it in your stories and don't forget to tag us 